Okay, good morning. Uh, I think Monday I mentioned already skipped this and gave some brief idea about uh, that data structure, which is uh, uh, should be relatively easy to implement. So probably much easier than implementing some red flag trees, self-balancing trees. Um, what is what is a Linked lists are very simple data structures where you um, add some values and uh, point to the next in the list. So if we manage to get these lists uh, each sorted, it could be three, five. Whatever the largest value is in here, 1020. So, what is the problem uh, of uh, finding certain value or accessing kth element? If we could access kth element, we, did, we know how many elements there is. If we could access kth element quickly, we could directly apply quick uh, binary search, right? Look the middle point, and then you either go right or stay in the first half. Uh, unfortunately, in the normal linked list, uh, this is slow, right? So, what does skip list offer? It uh, It creates uh, layers. If this is a level zero, this is the actual list. It, it creates layers of the one, two, three, etc., so that we could not just ask the next element in here but we could have more pointers and for example on the top the list is very sparse so we could point say somewhere in here that has also many uh, many the single data value be it uh, 512 And uh, if this is roughly at the middle of the linked list, then you can ask for binary search should we stick to the first half. So this will become the, the definite end of the range. Or if we look for 725, then we know that in here there is no reason to look for that element anymore, right? So, the problem is, if we have it here, middle point, uh, and in here all the elements, how many layers should we have? How, how, how quickly should we be able to 
uh, jump over the the data. So in fact in here, in here this is more dense of course, so, so there are more more nodes in the list in here. Um, the properties of the linked list, uh, of the skip list is that once we, we point in this, the same node is going to appear on every denser layer as well. So this is the first, which links every element. This is the second, but sort of zero level, we link every element. The, the first zero one, in here we roughly skip over every two elements, etc. So, in this situation, on the, on the bottom layer, there should be all the elements. In here there is n elements. If we somehow can manage to make it so that on the next layer there is about half, then about a quarter, one-eighth, and uh, on the top there is uh, log of n. Sorry, not log of n. It's uh, on the top there should be roughly some constant number, uh, two, four elements, whatever is needed, right? And and uh, what this data structure now looks like is that there is going to be about log of n different layers. So now, now it becomes obvious how if, if we manage to keep everything sorted on the lower level, then of course you start searching in here, should, it, should you go from, from there? If not, you come here, you ask this one, should it, should it look to the right? If not, then you may observe that, uh, okay, it should be before this element, but after this element, right? And then you have less elements to go through. So almost you can implement the binary search. So the question that we now have is how to, how to build the, uh, the list. How to insert elements and how to delete. So, deletion is, of course, something where you, for example, would like to delete this one, right? The top, the top one jumps over, no problem. At the bottom, if you delete, uh, if you delete this one, of course, you should point to the next link. 
But the same happens with all the uh, different layers that, that were there. So on the previous, so instead of pointing here, they should point the next whatever that link was. So there are a little bit more links to be updated. Um, of course, in this way we may get out of this perfect uh, middle point balance, right? But we should not worry about that too much at this stage. Uh, when we insert elements and say we want to insert it here, at the bottom of course this is clear. You just link uh, this element um, and if there are no higher levels then we are done. Right? But the question is when we start adding more and more <coughs> elements how to make sure that this uh, structure is well behaving? How to ensure that we have uh, we have this kind of property that half order eight of the nodes extend to the next layer? By the way, it seems that we are wasting space instead of one single list link next, it can be made uh, bi-directional, but instead of this single next link, we have now suddenly many pointers floating around. But uh, how many pointers? How many pointers? How many pointers in there? N nodes at the bottom layer, half on the second, quarter on the next, etc. What about two N nodes? Sorry? About two N nodes. The pointers, yes. Yeah. N plus half plus quarter plus eight, we never reach two N if you start adding. And we have we have talked about this uh, uh, the logarithmic sort of these types of sums before. So there is uh, about two n pointers in total in this data structure. So it's not too bad. But how do how do we make sure that on, on the next layer there is about half um, and then about quarter about one eighth etc. We start adding things, we start throwing in new values. We want to make this uh, data structure dynamic to new updates. How would you implement it? Random, <laughs> of course. Random is that if you don't know exact answer, then the random is a very good answer. 
All, all that you need to do is, when you insert the element, then you do random coin tossing, asking how, how many layers should I put in here? How do you do random coin tossing? You do, what heads and tails. I say heads, you move to the next layer. Heads, sorry, if, if there is a tail, I just keep it on the lowest level. I don't do anything. If it's head, I, I add it to the second layer. If I, I get head again, I put it to the third. Head again, fourth, etc. But the chance is halving every time. And uh, in, in this structure, we have 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. If in this time I get 10 heads in a row, I should go to the 10th layer. But there is no sense, no reason to go there. In that case, I stop after the 6th. I introduce a new uh, layer in here. If I keep getting heads 10 times in a row, statistically very unlikely, but sometimes happens, then I just introduce one new layer. So when I keep adding, then I satisfy the requirement that about half of the times we have the link on the second, about quarter of the times on the, on the third, etc. Of course, you can probably change some something in your code, right? Not, not every second one is on the second layer, but maybe every fourth one, right? And then you can modify your random coin tossing algorithm to, to um, make it sparser or more denser, the layers. And you can measure the code, which one behaves uh, the best. Uh, if we do this in random way, then on average this structure is going to behave quite nicely. And on average we can achieve almost, um, well, you can achieve all, all these average time behaviors uh, that say log n uh, binary search behavior. So on the, on the slides, um, so this is the skip list, so that's how, how it would look like abstractly. You have the sorted list and then less and less nodes to the next layers. Um, in this structure, let me see, well, the ways how you implement the, the multiple pointers, you can have just an array of pointers, right? And you decide how many pointers you add. Instead of a single next, you have an array of next pointers, and you can index it that there's the zero, one, two, whatever the layer need there. So the nodes can be uh, the key, 
that is this integer in here, some value, auxiliary value, and the next pointer is just a uh, variable size array of, of uh, pointers. Search, you start from the, well in here the, the top layer is uh, start from minus infinity, you don't see this minus infinity plus infinity, yes the value is larger than minus infinity, it's smaller than plus infinity, therefore you fall to the next layer, uh, you keep searching for what, 64, no 78, uh, minus infinity 78 is larger, 31 it's larger, but 78 is less than plus infinity. Therefore, we uh, fall to the next layer. 31, 34, 64, plus infinity. We go to the next layer. 64, 78. You find the 78 by tracing this list in here. You're done. And you have, we have skipped over many elements in here. And uh, because we do this uh, that uh, has this coin tossing element, and of course you can choose the random uh, function, does it give you heads and tails 50-50 probability, or something more complicated in here. When you insert, you just do the coin tossing and decide uh, how many, uh, how many uh, layers of links you will produce, and, uh, and in here, inserting 15 between 10 and 23 has introduced one new layer. So you find the place and then you just insert it. You have to update every uh, uh, layer of the list so that you introduce a new link at every layer. Uh, okay, I think deletion is, is over. You just Delete this and you make sure that every layer remains as is. If you deleted the, the tallest tower, then so be it. Um, if you keep deleting, sometimes you delete these elements on in here. If you keep deleting, well, basically, the, because of the randomness, you don't know which value will be deleted, inserted, so this structure will automatically. Uh, try to keep itself balanced. And uh, of course I, I just showed this type of layer but you can have it uh, two ways, you can have quad uh, pointer nodes etc. So there are different ways to, uh, to implement this. The space requirement we did already simple analysis in here, endpointers normally plus this uh, Exponential decreasing sum, so we have linear number of pointers in this data structure. And uh, the height, it depends. If you keep adding more and more elements, then when you do the coin tossing, then then the height will be, in fact, about logarithmic in regards to the number of elements that you keep adding. Uh, and then you can analyze how many uh, search steps in here, how many times did you need to go forward, 
and the search times will be logarithmic in, in uh, number of elements in your list. So the data structure will behave in logarithmic times for search. After search, you can delete. And insertion. For insertion, you have to search, uh, for insertion, you first search where should I insert, and then you insert. And all of these operations suddenly are log n operations. Uh, so skip list can be used to implement dictionary, where we have these uh, key lookup questions. Is the key in the dictionary? Insert it, insert a new key, delete the key, uh, these operations. And uh, once you can make the single list, uh, single uh, linked list, uh, then skip lists are just a little bit more complicated, but not by much. So it's relatively simple to implement. Okay, skip graphs, uh, not needed in here. So basically we have now um, talked over the last lectures about these abstract data types, like a dictionary, and you could try to implement dictionary in different data structures, arrays, linked lists, skip lists, and then we move on to the tree, like uh, tree-based uh, data structures, binary search trees, B trees, etc. Then we got the basics of DGO notation, asymptotic analysis, and uh, analyzing sorting. We introduced uh, recurrences, recursive uh, sort of divide and conquer type uh, problems, and how to analyze these recurrences using the master theorem. Uh, and we analyzed uh, sorting uh, algorithm complexity. Uh, and then we introduced this randomized data structure, which in this case, skip list, will behave on average in logarithmic time for every possible operation. So you measured the time of the binary search that behaved in logarithmic time, so you could appreciate that these types of uh, logarithmic type, logarithmic time complexity um, algorithms will be very fast in practice. Any questions? Yes. I have a question about the skip list. Yes. Uh, well, let's assume we have a skip list uh, with depth of uh, three. Yes. And now uh, we are adding a new element in it. And we are uh, starting to put the coin. And uh, uh, for example, if we uh, flip uh, 10 times a row and, and every time it says, you should add a new layer. Yes. Should, uh, should no, I, I, I just, uh, I, I, did, I think I, I mentioned this. So if this happens, then you should just introduce one new layer. One new layer. One new. No need to go multiple level size. Thank you. Just a single layer in this case. Okay. Um, So next is uh, 
set of uh, topic is, is about trees and uh, and of course you know how to how would you traverse a tree? What are the standard tree traversal algorithms? Um, who can now immediately say that yes, I can implement breadth first trans uh, traversal of the tree? Raise your hands. And see, these are the guys who are sitting in front. <laughs> Maybe you should switch places. Um, so tree is abstractly a data model, sort of it is a type of a graph, but it is specific type. Uh, you can have different uh, data structures implementing this tree data model. We usually think of uh, trees of, when we talk about search trees, binary search trees, and balancing of binary search trees. So balancing is the important aspect in here. And then we move to fatter, fat trees, B trees, are n-way branching, and this is uh, two to four-way branching. So from binary tree splitting to two, we can go to fat uh, n-way branching. And then there are variants that are for k-dimensional, multi-dimensional search trees. Uh, after we have covered most of the, uh, the trees, we implement heaps using three data structures and uh, show some union find algorithm, for example, that is also using uh, tree-like thinking, achieving very fast um, solution um, that asks for certain element in which set it belongs to and then merges sets. Does find of the element in the sets and makes the union of two sets. So trees, um, this is something like uh, 60 pages in this textbook uh, covering different aspects of the tree. And uh, I'm trying to get uh, quickly over. As you know, tree is a graph that does not have cycles. And uh, in tree we are especially interested in a one node that is called a root of the tree that will have children. Uh, nodes will have parents, except the root. Root does not have a parent. Every other node will have parents. Uh, node may have, uh, there could be multiple children of a node, so these uh, are called siblings. Some tree uh, nodes are internal to the tree, and some are leads. Binary tree is such that node can have zero. In this case, it's a lead one or two children. So as a data model, it's, it's a nice abstraction, and of course, we, every day, we use this concept, we classify things in your file directory, for example, it's a, it's a tree-like data structure, if you don't implement the cross-links by symbolic or hard links. Uh, it, as a data model, it allows us to hierarchically organize things and sort of corresponds to this divide and conquer paradigm, right? Uh, when you start describing the world into controlled vo vocabularies or, or ontologies, then the tree is the simplest one. Let's classify all the diseases to internal diseases, to cancers, and etc. 
So you think that you can classify everything in the tree-like uh, structures. Which is not true always because you can have the cancer of the stomach is both internal disease as well as, as a cancer. Uh, okay, syntax trees. Um, you know every programming language usually has a well-defined syntax. Syntax uh, gives you the way how you should not elementary words that you are could be used, the keywords, controlled vo uh, vocabularies, etc. But how, how do you structure the, the beginning and end of the loop? Within the loops, you, you, can, you can have nested structures, and, and this is something where you can apply syntax trees. Syntax, um, the programming or formal languages like HTML, XHTML, have also the syntax tree, of course, so you can represent uh, HTML code in head and body part, and body will have headers and, and paragraphs, and uh, this HTML corresponds to this tree structure, and when you program HTML on the client side, of course, you, you may want to have this tree model, DOM data model, that keeps the tree in the memory, and then you can you can uh, look up or modify the HTML on the fly somehow, for example, with the JavaScript. Uh, and this syntax tree then is used also to do the layout, so that there is direct uh, web layout corresponds to this syntax tree. So um, obviously. Uh, trees are useful in programming um, contexts in here. Okay, um, what is the degree of a node? If that would be a normal graph, then we would say that the degree of this node is 3, but because we talk about trees in here, we talk about children, so the degree of B is 2, because B has two children. Uh, this has three children, so degree in here is three. For every node, there is a single parent. If there would be two parents, then there would be some cycle. Right? So every node will have exactly one parent, and the, uh, but not the root. Uh, the depth of the tree is the length of the longest uh, path. Uh, the breadth is uh, the widest layer in the tree. This one has six uh, nodes on the, on the bottom uh, level zero, one, two, three on the level three. Um, this is also a tree. It corresponds to all the um, definitions. There is a root that has children. Every node has a parent except this one. Descendants of a node, every node in this subtree is a descendant of this node, and uh, I think usually the descendants also may include the node itself. We may get into these small definition uh, variances. Do we include uh, the node itself as its descendant or not? But it's uh, a subtree with the root B. And then any subtree is also a tree. Ancestors are the nodes on the path 
towards the root. Every node has single parent, single parent, so it's a well-defined route uh, to the uh, well-defined path to the root. So that is uh, uh, collects all that ancestors. Um, this tree is equal to this tree. A, B, C, D in here, A, B, C, D in here. So swapping the trees topologically, they are equal trees. But, of course, when you go into, into technical details, uh, like binary search trees, you can't swap uh, trees freely if you want to have the binary search tree properly satisfied. But just abstractly, these trees are uh, equal, topologically. Uh, let's learn a new tree data structure. How many of you have seen the tri data structure so far? Uh, you have, okay. So tri is, sorry? The, it is not a, mistake, a spelling mistake in here. Tri actually comes from retrieval. Uh, is it said somewhere in here? Yeah, the term tri comes from the T-R-I-E in the word retrieval. So let's retrieve values from the tree. What the, what the tri data structure is good for is when you have a, a dictionary. These are the keys uh, represented as strings, right? So these strings and strings we can insert in the dictionary in the manner, manner that all the words beginning with H are below this subtree. Uh, he, H and D, ends in here. This is an end node. There has been a word, he, in the dictionary. Uh, then we, you may want to add she, S, H, and E. The word she ends up in here. So if you come in here, there is one single path that spells out the word she reaching this node. H-I-S spells out he's reaching this node and hers. E is already in the tree. We add R and S. Now it's hers uh, ends up in here. Every node will have a unique S-H-H-I, unique prefix, unique word. So in this kind of dictionary, you just can throw in new words. Let's imagine you throw in billion words. How much does a search for a single word cost us on this tree? Number of characters in the word. Sorry? Number of characters in the word. Number of characters in the word, but billion doesn't matter anymore. So we, we suddenly have the data structure we, where we don't care how many elements there is in the, in the, inserted in the data structure. We have got rid of the question how many. Our n does not suddenly count anymore. But only the length of the word. It's not the entire truth. Though, but... Length of the dictionary as well. What is the length of the dictionary? Like how many letters are in the dictionary? You mean in the alphabet? Alphabet, yes. 
Yeah. Dictionary consists of the words using some certain alphabet. So how many letters is in the alphabet? What does it? What does the alphabet? Uh, how does the alphabet come into play? Alphabet tells you what is the branching factor in here. If alphabet is uh, binary, then it's just 0, 1. 0, 1, 0, 1, you could have a binary tree that could encode every string in binary. Of course, the length will be then uh, 8 layers to each one byte. But you can talk about the bits, uh, right? And then it's binary, it's just makes it a little bit deeper, but alphabet size is always final. Or alphabet size could be one byte, 256. Or uh, natural language, it will have something like in the order of 30 different characters. Depends on, on the language, of course. So, how would you implement a uh, particular node in this tree, how would you implement the branching? What would the data structure for one node look like? There is node 1, right? And we know that it will have potentially many children. How do we look up the if a particular character is represented as a child? <clears throat> well, the easiest, of course, is to have an array for every character A, B, C. Set. And A, B, C, D, E, and E will. You can ask, does this node have the child with the letter E? In this case, if the tree is so small, then most of the elements in here would be empty. If the tree is very dense, you have billions of words in the dictionary, at least the top of the tree is very dense. But whenever you move to the, towards the leaves of the tree, it still will have very small, few elements. So in the, and in the leaves, all these pointers are null pointers. Of course you can represent it in technically with some other thing to say that there is no children at all, right? You can have the array, in which case you just search is very... You start from the top, you ask in the first character, constant time, you get to the next, constant time, you get to the next. Lookup is linear in the length of the word. But the tree size may grow a little bit. If, uh, if you would uh, be concerned more about the space, then of course in here 
you could also use the linked list implementation. So in there, the node 1 will have uh, E and I, so you could have linked list that has only two nodes in there. But now, when the tree becomes full, then to search through the alphabet for a particular letter, we still have this alphabet size number of steps. Or if we would use skip list in here, logarithm of alphabet size. So, uh, so in this case, alphabet size uh, comes into the play, not just the number of elements, but the alphabet size, what is the branching factor for to implement this. But for, for binary vectors, you could say that this is uh, just a two possible nodes, and you could implement it in, in binary uh, vector. Okay, so suddenly we have one example of a tree where we can do dictionary where the number of elements in the dictionary, yes, it increases the size of the data structure, but not the speed of the search. So, if you would like to sort the billion of uh, words, you could insert the billion of words in linear time into this data structure in the length of all the words and just fetch in the, from the tree the words in the alphabetic order. Again, you have the data structure where there is no comparison between two words, is one alphabetical before the other. We just insert them in the data structure and we read them out in linear time, achieving sorting in linear time. Okay, so that was uh, that was a very quick uh, jump ahead, and, and we are actually not going to talk in this course probably not about uh, text indexing so much, but uh, to give you the hint, uh, you have never thought about this, I guess, uh, because it seems counterintuitive. So imagine you are given a very very long text. Your texts are just two pages of length, they are short, right? But your DNA is three billion characters, and if you put all the internet in a row, it's going to be many yottabytes, whatever the, the size is. Right? Uh, and if somebody asks, if, if you ask, for example, from your DNA, three gigabytes of DNA, is there anywhere, is there anywhere in the uh, in the DNA, a uh, certain stretch, like uh, Gattaca, G-A-T-A-C-C-A. -A -A. It's four letters, Gattaca only having A-C-T-G, and happens to be the English uh, word. Who has seen the movie called Gattaca? Nobody. Uh, it's about genetically uh, selecting for better humans. Um, 
Okay, uh, the question is if you have long text and you would like to search for certain word occurrence in that text. Of course you can start from the beginning, you can apply nice search algorithms that go through the text in linear time and you hit the word or not. But theoretically the same complexity will be achieved so that you take the entire text, you indexing, you index it in the three structures a little bit similar to this one in linear time, and then you do the lookup in the length of the word that you're going to look up for. So in this case, you, you can afford indexing the entire internet first and then doing the single word lookup. And it will be the same time complexity uh, as searching through just without indexing. Asymptotically, of course not, not in real uh, but and it makes sense, uh, so if you just did a single search, of course it would be doing it faster, but the first step of indexing will be there forever, so therefore you can do many searches in much shorter time, so Google indexes once and searches billions of times. Binary tree, well this is a bad joke, 0 and 1 on the tree. Um, binary trees will have 0, 1 or 2 children. This one has two children, these have zero, and the blue ones have just one child. Leaves, full nodes with both children and neither. Those nodes are um, not full, not leaves. Uh, implementation, of course, is your, your key value, whatever the, is it the character, is it the bit, or what, what do you want to sort in here? You have potentially two children, therefore it's enough to reserve two pointers to the left and right child. Um, then, well, the question of do you need to have a link to parent, it depends on the application. So if you just want to re represent the tree, then you don't need the parent link. Parent links to you. You don't need to know who your parent is. As long as parent keeps sending you money. Uh, empty nodes or null subtrees are these locations. Uh, leaves have two uh, empty subtrees, so these are the places. Or well, this one had had one child, the other is empty. So these are the locations where you can add new stuff. You can add new uh, nodes in those locations. Binary trees. Full, if every internal node is full, or there is only one other type leaves, there are no these nodes with one child. Um, if I tell you that a full tree has n leaves, say 30 leaves, then what is the size of the full uh, such tree? Any tree that has 30 leaves, what is the size, if you, if you want to have the representation of, as a full binary tree, what is the size of that tree? 30 leaves, 
this is another thing that you should it should come somehow naturally to you to have the immediate answer. 30 leaves, full binary tree, what is the size of the tree? Sorry? 59 is... Two votes go for 59 and all the rest think that it's full for us. Is 59 correct or not? How do, how do you how do you how do you prove such questions? What is the size of the tree? This has one note. Uh, no children. No internal note. If you have three leaves, how many ways to draw this tree? is full. Two will be connected and then three leaves, two nodes in here. So somehow you can argue what happens when you want to add one node, what are the, all the possibilities to add a single node. Uh, you can add only these nodes are, I think, right? So you can add in these uh, in these places, but now this is not full anymore. So you would have to reorganize the tree somehow. Um, how do you reorganize you? You take this old, make keep it as a leaf, you add you add we added one element and we had to add one new internal element. Um, so whenever we want to add new element, we will do one new internal element in here. So for example, every time you want to add, you have you have to add one internal node. One, two, three, four, five leaves, one, two, three, four internal nodes. And the tree is full. So 30 leaves gives you the full size of the tree, 59, which is correct. Uh, so this is full when there is, there is every node has two or zero uh, children. Uh, full tree can be perfect when it's uh, All the leaves on the same depth, all the nodes are full, 
except the leaves. Right? So this is somehow very perfect, uh, like tree. How many nodes in this perfect tree? So there could be only one single node, or with two leaves, or with four leaves, or with eight leaves, or with uh, 16, or 32 leaves. 32 leaves, and we know that there is 31 internal nodes, 63. 32 leaves, there is 63 nodes. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, this is height 5, 3, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, the number of elements in that, this perfect tree is 2 to the power of 5 plus 1, minus 1. 2 to the power of height plus 1, minus 1. So in here you can't have just any arbitrary number n nodes. It will have... 1, 3, 7, 15, 31, 63, 127, 255, 511 nodes. No other possibility, right? And this is uh, perfect, uh, these different uh, variants. And the proof that it has two, two times uh, 2 to the power of height plus 1 minus 1. The next tree that we can construct, we add one height, so we have uh, height k, height k. When we go to k plus 1, then we just have two equal ones and we introduce one node, new node in here. Uh, so this side, and we do the, you do the uh, proof by induction. So the left side has so many nodes, right hand has so many nodes, you add the nodes together and we have introduced one new, new root only and then you analyze it, oh this is two, 2 to the power of k plus 2 minus 1. Minus 1 plus 1 minus 1, this is minus 1, these add up to 2 to the k plus 2 minus 1. So you add layer, you do inductive proof and you get how many uh, nodes in total or any height k. Uh, you still remember these inductive proofs and stuff. Now, perfect is something that is only certain specific, uh, one, only one perfect tree per height. But we usually want to have n elements, so n could be any number. And in order to make perfect like trees, uh, there is a complete binary tree that keeps adding elements so that when this reaches uh, seven elements, then this is the perfect tree for height two. Uh, when you add all the leaves, to the current children, you add eight, then you get to the next perfect layer. So, you, so basically, it just keep, it tells us that how we should keep adding nodes.
to be as close to this perfect as possible. This is complete. So that defines exactly how do we fill it in, in which order we introduce new nodes. There would be uh, two times leaves number of children that we fill in the first, second, third, fourth, etc. Next layer, etc. So it is a very well defined tree, binary tree. Where do you use these trees? You already know the answer. To represent binary heaps. The binary heap that is uh, takes this complete binary tree structure and implements it as a tree that has no single pointer in the data structure. You just implement this tree in the array. Suddenly you have a tree where we don't need to have the pointers explicitly. The 6, 12, 12, the next one is going to be this node. So the child will be in here, the next one will be in here, the next one will be in there. And then we have exhausted this, and then the next location we put this node in that location. How do you know where the... So basically fill in this array layer by layer, 3, 9, 5, 14, 10, 6, 8, 14, 10, 6, 8, 17, 15, 13, 23, 12. Layer by layer, we just keep filling it in. How do you know where are the children of this node? What is the child of this node that has 10 in it of that tree? And it has two children, right? Potentially two children, left and the right. The left child is at two times five in the position ten, and the right child is ten plus one in the eleven. Left and right child are next to each other, right? Left child is at ten. Let's verify this. Thirteen. Ten has left child with a value thirteen, indeed, and twenty-three. So for a node, you know for sure that its children are at 6 and 7. Five's children are 6 and 6, which happens to have value 6, and 7, which happens to have value 8. So for a node, because of this very well-defined structure, how we fill it in layer by layer, 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64 elements at any given time. This was the kth, so its left child is 2 times k. This is the kth. Until you reach its child position, you can add another k minus 1 element. What is the parent of a node of a 12? Remember, k times 2 is the left child, 
parent. In this case, it's left. It, it, you, of course, it's 12, uh, well, 12 divided by 2 in the position 6 has value 6. But what happens when it's odd number, 23, in the 11th position? That is the right child. If this is 2 times k, this is odd number, this has to be, well, this is the, the right child is on the, on the next, e, uh, sorry, this is even value 10, so the next one is odd. So when you divide odd number by 2 in integer division, you get 5. 11 divided by 2 is 5. 10 divided by 2 is 5. 11 divided by 2 is 5. So uh, the nodes uh, 13, 23, their parent is at position, they share the common parent, which is in position 5, happens to have value 10. Because we keep tree in this perfect-like structure, we fill it in in this order. You can always, the child, for example, the left child of this will be so that this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth node. You can add eight nodes in here, and the ninth one will be the left child of this one. 18th, 9 plus 9, 18th node in the tree will be the left of that child. So suddenly we have a tree where we don't need to even represent the pointers, the children. They are represented implicitly, implicit uh, structure. Um, We will later come back to this kind of implicit structure, which, which basically is the minimal, as, as small representation as possible. But in this case, uh, this is the tree structure. You add elements always to the next free slot. So in here, you add 19. The next one will be there. You just fill it in. And when you delete, of course, you might have to delete the last, the next, next, next. You keep deleting from that end. And uh, well, this, of course, restricts the tree uh, quite severely because you only add to the end, you only delete from the end. So the question is, what are the values? How do you organize the tree? And uh, the property of the heap in here is that on any path, the values are decreasing in value. So therefore, the smallest value is at the root. So if you want to ask what is the smallest value of this heap of values, it's always in the root. If you add something, if you add in here 1, this is out of order, right? What do you do? You bubble it up. 1 is smaller than 8, so 1 should be higher than 8, so let's walk places. 1 goes there, 8 goes there. 1 is smaller than 5, so we have to swap places. 1 has to go there, 5 goes there. Do we break anything? No, because 5 was smaller than children, and 1 was smaller than 5, therefore 1 is smaller than anything in here. You don't even need to look there. 
you just bubble it up and you get one in there, three in there. That's how you maintain the heat property. And when you... Okay, and then uh, you have to figure it out what to do when you delete certain values. Uh, when you delete, in this case it's always assumed that we fetch the smallest value of the highest priority job, so we always delete from there. But hey, we can't delete the root, root has to be there. We have to remove this one. So what do you do? You delete this one, but you don't want to eliminate 20 from the data structure, you instead put 20 in there. But this breaks the property, and then you have to bubble 20 down, but you don't know which way to bubble. You have to replace this one by the smaller of the two children. So that's how you choose which way you go. When you bubble it down, you go there, 26 is good. To, so then we go to this, smaller goes up, 20 ends up in here. So if we delete 3, we delete this one, and 20 is going to be there, 12, uh, 6, 5 is going to be the next smallest time. So that's a binary heap. Uh, and uh, we store it in the complete, this is a complete binary tree, array storage. We can implement something very useful um, in this manner. The tree height is optimal for the number of n, the tree is as shallow as possible, having the logarithmic depth on any branch. But normally when you have the binary trees, then the most typical uh, tree traversal is of course uh, depth first uh, search. You walk through the tree, you start from certain uh, pointer to certain node, you start usually with the pointer to the root, and then if the pointer is not null, you can as assume the left and right pointers, which may turn out to be null. So when you call tree walk on the left node, the same property, if that was null, then you just stop. So uh, to walk tree started from a node, you first walk the left subtree, and when this has completed, then you walk right subtree. And then you have pre-order uh, operations that are before visiting the left node, post-order, after you have visited first well, the left and right children, and in between them is in-order operations. So these, this is all stuff that you should know. And when we want to add the number of count, the number of nodes in our arbitrary tree, what do, how do we do that? To count the nodes, we don't need to know, know the size of the left subtree, the size of the right subtree, plus we add the current root. So this is if the tree size, well, this is the call for certain, uh, if. If pointer is null, the tree size is zero, otherwise the size is size of the left plus size of the right plus one. That is exactly this traversal. Let's collect the size of the left, right, left subtree, right subtree, and add one. This is this is something that is obvious to you, right? 
the pre-order operations, post-order operations, uh, you can, what does this code produce you? It produces parentheses, then outputs the value of this x node, then uh, does call the tree walk on the left subtree, tree walk on the right subtree, and then puts parentheses behind. So this is a very well tree of this tree. This gives uh, from three before and after three, so before nine and uh, after nine. So let's let's look at this ten. So ten, thirteen, twenty-three. So this is output from this subtree, and you have the subtree that is begins and ends with a parenthesis. And you can uh, take the tree, and with this simple walk in here, you can serialize that tree into just a string sequence. And this tree order, in fact, will uh, this this parenthesis, in fact, will tell you exactly what is the structure of this underlying tree. Like a syntax tree, we represent syntax by parentheses. This is exact one-to-one -one mapping between the tree and the linear representation of that tree. Uh, another example of uh, binary tree is expression tree. It's like a syntax tree for for expressions. Every expression, every operation in here has. Uh, Two parts you move the, you add the, the, the left and the, this now where is this three times this p over three yeah this plus is in here so this represents the left expression sub expression and this represents the right sub expression the right sub expression is sum of b over three and a minus two. In this case, leaves are always the numbers or variables. And all the internal operations plus, multiply, divide, subtract. So four operations that have the left and right side and in the leaves, the numbers or variables. So this is a binary tree, right? How do you calculate the actual value of the expression stored in this binary? Of course, by a tree walk, you would get the value of the left expression you get the value of the right expression, and then you pass on the sum of the two. Right? Uh, in here, the order, of course, matters. Is it a minus two or two minus a? Right? So one simple thing to somehow try to get rid of this order is to, to make it a plus minus two. So then, but, but this is uh, just tiny. Detail. It's not so important. 
So, uh, I outlined all the, the, the solution, you know, the left subtree, the right subtree, and then you add them together. But you could also walk down the tree in this uh, depth order search, left, left, coming, backtracking, coming here, right, left, left, right, backtracking, right, left, right. So, if you output the things in the, the values or operations in the post order, you visit the left subtree, you visit the right subtree, and then you output the value. Three, you output two, you output A, you output multiply, right? C, A, plus, plus, 3, 2A, multiply CA, plus, plus, multiply B, etc. So when you move, move in the post order, you output, after you have visited both left and sub, uh, right subtree, then you output the value what was in that node. When you do this printout, we have suddenly this expression in this reverse Polish notation that you can print out and send to the reverse Polish calculator. You didn't implement the reverse Polish, Polish calculator, right? No. You put three in the stack, two in the stack, A in the stack, then you know that you have to multiply. Of course, you multiply the two top operands, two and A, then you put uh, C, A, then you start adding the two last elements, adding them, etc. You just keep pushing, uh, you, you push on top of the stack, then you uh, the, the values or the variables, and when you have the operation, then you fetch the two last values to the operation and put them, instead of the two, you put the result back. Yeah. Then you decrease the stack. You increase the stack, you decrease the stack. So one was to go through, calculate the values on the fly, and at the end when you know the values, just do the operation. But instead of doing the operation, you could just output in that order, the post order walk produces you this sequence that is this reverse Polish notation of that expression. Okay, um, evaluation by the first case was uh, I just described you get the value from the left subtree, value from the right subtree, and depending on the operation plus, minus, multiply, or division, a particular value um, after this operation. So you, you can have both ways. Serialize, but this corresponds exactly to this kind of uh, operations that you perform in here. Uh, so, what was in here? We, we were back in, uh, uh, just talking about binary trees at this stage, right? Node has 0, 1, or 2. Children. In general case, trees can have n children. We, in the try case, we already discussed this. You can have many children, and therefore you can have the branching that is implemented by the array or by linked list, for example. Linked list is uh, space uh, efficient because there is 
a, just a number of elements in the tree that need to be represented and on each linked list. So the linked list representation has the left pointer to the left child, but left child will have the pointer to its siblings. Uh, next node on that layer, right? The, so child, and then you go through the list to get all the children of A. I has, the first child is J, and its, uh, its uh, neighbors are K and L. I has three children. So you use the linked lists and arrays to represent this structure. You walk the tree in the depth first search order by walking the first subtree. Once this has been completed, you walk that one. Right? So for this node, you walk first the left, first subtree, the second, the third, the 17th, and then you backtrack to the previous level by automatically recursion will take care of that. So tree walk. Depth first tree walk of the general tree asks, is the pointer null? No. Then we can ask the children of that node, because that, that is a non-empty uh, node, for each child walk that child subtree. We have pre-order operations, post-order operations, and this in between the two, there is no such thing. Of course, you can do in here uh, also something that in between, but basically we have the pre-order, post-order operations. Parenthesization, you just put in parentheses before, and that produces you from this general tree, uh, this parenthesization. B, red, parentheses and B, and then you output everything, you hit the red um, parentheses again, so that is all the nodes uh, below B. C, D, E, F, G. C, D, E, F, G. So you can have the multi-way uh, tree and still have this parentheses-ation. Uh, okay, what did I skip in here? Each node will be visited twice while you, you look at the children. When you have completed it, you come back in here. The first time that we approach a node, and, and then the last time that we... Depth first order A, B, or depth first order prints out immediately the value A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This but post order when it has been completed, D, C, F, G, B. This one we don't output until we have output all these, so A is the last one in the post order. Post order, if I tell you this post order, can you draw the original tree? With parenthesization, we claim that the, the, the serialization is there. It, it corresponds one to one to the tree. But in this case, can you, from the post order, can you, 
reconstruct the tree. From, the, from this order, can you reconstruct the tree? Think of the ABC, just three first things. Does it tell you what the tree looks like? The tree that has pre-order ABC. How many ways do you have to draw the tree that has ABC in pre-order? It could be A, B, it could be this, it could be A, B, C, or it could be A, B, C. It could be anything, right? It doesn't tell you what the tree looked like. And likewise, the, this one doesn't tell you what the, what the tree looks like, because you can have D, C, F as a one subtree, and then, then all the rest, you just have to Right. So the order itself doesn't tell you what the tree is underlying. But I believe that this order and this order together should correspond to the unique tree. So having the pre-order and post-order both should correspond to one unique uh, tree structure. Um, and I don't know out of the head what is the exact algorithm. How, 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 how would you reconstruct that? Maybe, maybe you can start drawing with small examples and try to figure it out what, what the algorithm should look like. But, uh, there should be unique, well, probably there are known algorithms for that. I'm pretty sure that uh, the two sequences together defines a unique tree. Okay, uh, but this serialization also represents the unique tree. What is the length of this serialization? Well, it has n nodes, and for every node we print parentheses before and after, and we don't care for subtrees. For every node this happens, right? So n nodes times two parentheses, two n parentheses. Touched the depth first search, you go recursively, you visit every child. Uh, that means that you have, for every child, you have a subtree, and then you uh, are complete with, the, with this node. When you have visited every subtree of, of a node, then you are complete. But that goes deep, it goes directly depth wise. Because you always call the first subtree, first subtree, first subtree, first subtree. But how to do that breadth first search? If this is the tree, 
then what do we need to to get the thread first? So first you start with a node, then you have to deal with both children before you go to the next layer. Right? You have to deal somehow with both children, and then you would have to come back to the first child and look at its children somehow, right? So what happens is when you deal, then you know, you keep record immediately that, oh, after I have, I'm done with the, this layer, D and H, I should start dealing with the C, E, uh, I, M, etc. So whenever you deal with a node, you push the, its children to the back of the queue. So suddenly we need this queue where we push to the end new things that we eventually have to visit and fetch the oldest ones from the beginning, right? We fetch oldest ones from the beginning and always push its children to the end. Breath first, you enqueue first the root, just a single element in the queue, and now as long as the queue is not empty, you fetch the element, the node, you process it, and for every uh, children, you put these in the queue, to the end of the queue. And suddenly, so the queue becomes empty at this stage, but depends how many eggs, that's how many you add to the end of the queue. And then you fetch the first one, the first child of the root, and keep doing this. Um, so suddenly this double-ended queue is very important, and we learned how to implement double-ended, or this queue, Sorry, it doesn't need to be double ended. Yeah, it's uh, this. Uh, um, first in, last out. Right? So you just add to the end, to the end a page from the beginning. Um, and that's where the circle buffer implementation of the queue is useful. Because you don't know if you implement it as an array, then you better make it circle or buffer. Because you don't know in advance what is a. At any given moment, there will be, I think, the, the breadth of the three nodes at maximum. But uh, you don't know that in advance. Okay, so trees are very general. Of course, you have end way. You don't have your directory structure that is binary tree yet. You don't, right? So you have more than two elements in the, in the directory structure, you can write the recursive program that uh, calculates, prints out your tree, your directory structures, you can write the program that calculates the sizes of all subtrees, like this usage does. DU uh, basically goes through the uh, directory structure and then calculates the uh, usage, the size of those uh, directories, subdirectories. Uh, so you could do something on top of your directory structure that calculates uh, the sizes of the subdirectories, number of files in every subdirectory, calculates the depth, calculates the width at every level. That is something that your normal Unix tools, I guess, don't give immediately. What is the uh, width at particular depth?
maximal depth or okay, the largest directory in number of how many subdirectories and files that will have. How many files and subdirectories? Not necessarily what are the sizes of the uh, files. Your large images, uh, uh, your large video is not too many of them, but the size is large. But you could ask where, where are all my small files hidden? So you can write these kinds of uh, code going depth first or breadth first over your directory structures using Unix tools using scripting languages like Perl or Python or Shell. Okay, so uh, I, I see we didn't get to the binary search trees so much. Binary search trees are binary, of course, but the properties are there that in the left subtree all the values are smaller than in the root, and in the right subtree all the values are larger than the root value. Therefore, when you look for a certain value, it's like a binary search, you always know from the node to go to the left or to the right. And that's why we have efficient search structure using the binary search trees. Um, it can be uh, characters, numbers, whatever. Right? Binary search trees for certain values like these values in here, it's like the smallest value is when you go left, 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 left. Smallest value is in there. If you print out the values in pre-order, no, sorry, the pre-order. In in order, the first one in order three. Three is before anything in the subtree. So then you can print out the values in the in the order. But that doesn't tell you what the tree structure was. For the same values, you could have all these binary search trees are equal for the same values. This is a binary search tree. You start from this. Everything is on the left, uh, right subtree, right subtree, right subtree, etc. This is also a binary search tree. So if you implement your binary search tree, just accepting values as is, putting them uh, to the, of course, 52 will go there. Of course, 54 will, be, will go there, right? Then your tree is not very well balanced. So you haven't gained anything as compared to list representation. So that's why we need to have the mechanisms that whenever you add values, you don't know in which order they come. It could be random order, this is nice, but it could be your opponent. You are competing for the same Skype scholarship, and a friend of yours inserts into your data structure the values in the worst possible order. Right? That should not ruin your Skype scholarship opportunities. So you have to defend yourself against the worst possible scenario, and that's why these binary search trees have to be self-balancing when you insert values. Um, okay, so I will stop it here, and uh, we will uh, insert values, make the dictionary for this dynamic set, and make sure how, how to keep things balanced in binary search tree or B trees or everything, all these balanced uh, search trees.
So this happens next time, and I have to replace the, the homework task because that asks for. No, actually, I, I can do the problem. ADL trees you have learned, no? So the homework with the ADL trees is fine. I, I will see. Mõni, ma ei saa aru, seal oli mõni viga? Võtma, ma panen selle video kinni, muidu me jääme kõik sinna kusagile...